Hey everyone, thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the Elite Development Podcast. Today I have Nick Lepore with me, and uh, Nick is the owner of Triple Threat Hockey. So Nick, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Happy to be here. So just to start us off, can you give us a little bit of background? uh, Just, you know, what kind of kid were you? What kind of led you on the path that you ended up taking taking to where you are today? Yeah, sure. So... uh... Like most kids in Canada, I grew up playing uh, playing minor hockey. So I uh, played it since I was four years old, right up until I left for uh, left for school. So uh, I didn't play really like triple A or anything like that. I played double letters, but nothing you know, nothing was nothing special as a as a player. But obviously, super passionate about uh, about hockey and um, wanted to make that my uh, you know my career, my life's work. So uh, I went to uh, Bishop's University and. During that time, I actually did a, um, an internship with uh, ISS Hockey, which is a uh, it's an independent scouting service. So I did a mentorship program with them for one year. So that was basically one year of uh, scouting unpaid. Um, and then I got, uh, got an opportunity with the Quebec Ramparts in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League to be a scout with them. Uh, and at the same time, I opened up uh, Triple Threat Hockey um which we do uh you know hockey athletic development and training and nutrition and and uh, we develop those hockey players to go to the next level so it kind of went hand in hand you know i was uh you know i was scout in the winter and the triple threat hockey was more of a summer thing where uh you know where the guys can do uh can do off ice with us off ice training with myself and my partner uh ricardo simonella um so uh so yeah that's kind of that was kind of my path and you know hockey was always a big part of my life and I just I knew I wanted to make it a part of my life and uh, I'm actually a nutritionist as well so I liked nutrition I liked um, you know training and I was you know I was training a lot in the gym myself and uh, I got certified with uh, CSCS um, and my uh, my bachelor's degree was in uh, sports sports studies at Bishops so uh, I think kind of everything kind of tied together at the end and uh, you know I'm really really happy to be doing what I'm doing today. Yeah, man. I mean, like for one, I just love the uh, the coincidence and the similarity in our paths because, uh, you know, I was the same way growing up. I just like I was never, you know, anything really all that special playing sports, but I always knew I wanted sports to be a part of my life. So when I found the gym, it was the same sort of deal. It was like I knew I loved training. I knew I wanted to be around sports my whole life. And uh, it's led me to a pretty good spot, too. And uh, not to mention that, but just the fact that we went to Bishop's University at the same time and uh yeah. you know and even took the same course my bachelor's degrees in sports studies as well uh so yeah man i mean i think it's obviously led us both to a pretty good spot so i'm really interested to hear more um about both your job with the remparts and uh triple threat hockey the company that you've been building so first can we start off just with the remparts like uh you said you got that opportunity just right after school yeah what, uh, what does the job kind of look like for you day to day as a scout so um, basically, I'm seeing around 350 games a year, I would say. Uh, so that obviously includes, you know, season games, tournaments, uh, playoffs. Um, I mostly scout midget level. So usually midget AAA and midget uh, Espoir, with, which we have in Quebec, um, which is like a level below midget AAA. Okay. Um, so I usually scouting those levels um, and then writing my reports uh, for Quebec. So I do, I do some travel as well. I do the, uh, like the Northeastern United States. I do some scouting in Ontario as well. Um, and then there's also the, the part of like sometimes trying to convince some players to, 
you know, to come over to Quebec and come play for us. So I help out with that as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's mostly just being in the rink, uh, you know, knowing, knowing your region really well is important. So like I'm in, uh, I'm in Laval, which is right, is north of Montreal. And, uh, you know, it's really knowing my area really well so that, uh, you know, when my head scout calls me and asks me for some info, I, I know, I know exactly what's up in my area and I know like, you know, which kids have good attitudes and which kids have, you know, good characters. I speak to the coaches, I speak to parents, you know, so kind of getting a good feel of what's coming out of my region is important. Uh, and then comparing those players with other regions as well. Um, and then obviously a big part of scouting is, you know, um, writing our reports and then making our list together as a, as a staff. Um, so yeah, my, my winters are pretty much filled with being in the rinks. And when I get home, I'm on, I'm on the laptop writing, writing out reports. So that's pretty much, uh, it's pretty much what it is. It's not the most glad, it's not a glamorous job. Like a lot of people think, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm in freezing cold arenas. I'm in the, the top corner of the rink, you know, just all alone and just watching, watching the games. But it's, uh, you know, you gotta really love hockey to do it because you're seeing so many games. Of course, of course. So, um, one of the things we really want to get into on this show is a little bit more behind the scenes, what helps create an athlete. So, you know, everybody knows that to play at the junior level, scouts are looking for skill. That's, you know, that's kind of a given, but beyond just watching a player and seeing them do really well on the ice, what kind of things are you guys looking for to bring a player into your organization? Yeah, I think every team kind of has their own little, uh, you know, uh, little, uh, like criteria that they want for, for certain players. And like, we get that message from upper management. Uh, but I think it also overlaps with like most teams are looking for the same thing. Like you're not going to find a team who says like, we don't really care about if the player works hard or not, you know, it's like it's compete levels uh, is a huge factor for us. Um, one thing that we really look for uh, as to, in terms of the ramparts is the progression of a player. So, um, you know, where he was at the beginning of the season and where he's going to end up at the end of the season, like how, how much he's improved basically that's real important for us. And also end of the season is a bit more important, right? With playoffs and stuff, which we didn't really have this year, but, um, but in a normal year, well, the playoffs are obviously the most important. You want to see like a player step up at that point. So that's super important for us as well. So for example, there could be a player that wasn't really on our radar too much all year. And then he really stepped it up in the, in the postseason, And, and that's when, you know, we'll, we'll really take a good look at him and be like, well, you know, maybe he's got a good character and then try to get some inside info from the coaches and from other, other sources as well. So I think that's, uh, that's one thing. And uh, just in general attitude of the player, you know, like does he train hard? Like does he eat well? Like is hockey a big part of his life? You know, things like that. Because sometimes like the best players aren't always the most dedicated players. And then it'll show up two or three years later when the other guys have kind of caught up to them. And, uh, you know, being a trainer in the summer with these hockey players, I can kind of see that firsthand where I see some players that are a bit more underrated or under the radar and these guys are putting in the work, you know, and then some of the other guys that are a bit more known and, you know, they, they've always been kind of the best of their age group. Well, these guys can't take a step back, you know, so uh, they, they can't take it easy because there's other guys trying to trying to take their spot. So I think uh, in terms of a scout for the, you know, and for the ramparts, I think that's, that's a big key for us is really finding out a lot of info and a lot of, a lot of details about uh, the player's work ethic, character, uh, you know, compete level, attitude on and off the ice. Yeah. So, I mean, I like what you really, I really like what you said there about the progression of the player. So, you know, like kind of how they change and how they improve throughout the season, because, 
you know, again, that is something, like you said, there are going to be some kids out there that are maybe levels ahead right now. And so they don't really feel like they need to dedicate themselves to the game as much for those kids who are maybe in the Bantam level or in the midget level, trying to get looks by the QMJHL, what sort of advice would you have for the kids who right now are maybe like really excelling at their level and feel like, you know, the draft next year is going to be a given for me. So I don't really need to dedicate myself as much. What kind of things would you say to them uh, to just sort of maybe help them see the importance of the dedication? Yeah. So first off, so the guys that are trying to kind of catch up and, and get noticed that are a bit like, maybe they're a bit flying under the radar for those players. I think it's kind of like, maybe change things up a bit, you know, like maybe, uh, you know, maybe your training is not working. Maybe, uh, maybe get a nutritionist, you know, kind of do something that other guys aren't doing, you know, and it's kind of what we preach here at triple threat is like, you know, like how much are you sleeping? Like how much are you eating? Like what are you putting in your body? Like these little details that, that maybe those top players are not paying attention to because they don't have to, right. Uh, you know, obviously for the teenager, teenage kids, like maybe don't go out as much, you know, like careful with the, the drinking and the partying, you know, like I, some, some of them are like, you know, 18, 19 and they're starting to go out a bit. So it's kind of doing like making those sacrifices that, that other guys maybe wouldn't make. And uh, obviously like taking care of your body is important. And for the guys that are kind of already, uh, already good. And they, they feel like maybe, the, you know, or they, or they, they act like they don't really have much to, to prove anymore. Well, each level you go to is always going to be harder and harder. So, you know, making mid triple A is one level and then, making junior major is a different one, but like, it's not only about making the team. It's also about playing well in that team. Right. So you can make a team and be a fourth liner, but you can also make a team and be a first liner. Right. So it's kind of working your way up the lineup. So you should always have uh, attainable goals in front of you. And I think that's, that's important. So like what I do with my athletes that are already in junior major is kind of tell them like, look, well, this player on your team is ahead of you. You got to take his spot. You know, it's kind of creating that, uh, that, that drive within them to kind of keep going and keep pushing, you know, and not to be satisfied with, with where they are. And then further than that, after junior major, well, there's, you know, there's pro scouts looking at you, there's universities looking at you. So I think, you know, like, like any athlete should never be satisfied with where they are, you know, like look at Sidney Crosby, he's the best player in the world. And that guy's always working. He's nonstop. Right. So, I think that's uh, like, he's an example. I really use a lot of my guys as well to kind of tell them like, look, he's the best player and he's working harder than you, you know? So um, I think that's the, the mentality that these guys should have. Yeah. I really like their, that uh, just having the continuous attainable goals in front of you, just because again, like it is easy to sort of feel comfortable if you know, you're lighting up whatever league you're in right now, you feel like, Hey, the next level is, you know, no question I'm going to be making that team. So to, give them something concrete to work towards, whether it's, you know, make that team and be on the first line or whether it's, you know, this guy here is doing a little bit better than you. How can you get an edge on him? Always having the next step to work towards. Cause like you said, even guys like Sidney Crosby are out there working every single day. And if they've still got something to work for, no matter who you are in minor hockey, you've still got something to work for too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so Beyond, so yeah, we've talked a little bit about like what you guys are looking for before bringing somebody into the organization. Now to go a little bit on the other side, what would be something that, you know, if you've found a player who on the ice maybe looks like he's got everything you guys are looking for, would there be anything that kid could do that would maybe make you think twice or maybe take them off your radar, even if they have the skill of the game on the ice? 
Yeah, well, I think uh, I think work ethic is a big one. Like I mentioned it on the other side, but yeah, I think like seeing a player so many times, like like as a scout, like you're going to see this player like maybe 15, 20 times a year, like you're gonna get a really good feeling about if if this player is a hard worker, right? Going once to a game, you know, maybe he had an off day, maybe he's sick, you know, maybe uh, his dog died, like who knows, right? So we see these guys like 15, 20 times, and it it should be enough for us to to say like, look, is he a hard worker or not? And I think that's the biggest thing because if he's good at, let's say, 15, 16, and we're looking at him for junior major, well, if he's not a hard worker, like I said before, the other guys are going to pass him. So uh, I think that's like, that's the number one thing is just uh, we look for that a lot and, and like seeing a player not step it up when it's the time um, or see a player maybe uh, sometimes we can see these little things on the ice where he kind of gets pissed at his teammate and just kind of like slash his stick down or, or you can see him maybe like yelling at his teammate. Like that's something that we really pay attention to um, because it's a good indication of, of if this player is a good teammate as well. And, you know, in junior major, most players are, are good hockey players. So you, you're trying to build a team uh, with good, good attitude kids, good character. So um, if you draft a player with a bunch of talent, but his attitude isn't good, well, uh, you know, the GM or the coach is, isn't going to be happy with that player, even if, he's he's kind of he's performing well on the ice you know it's it's not gonna be um ideal for your team chemistry yeah of course i couldn't agree more and uh on that note if there are players out there that maybe you know whether they've realized it or not yet uh if they maybe have those attitude issues that they might need to fix do you have any advice any thoughts on like things they can start to do outside of sport or things they can start to do within the game that can maybe kind of help them change those character issues and help them sort of become the player you guys would be looking for? Yeah. Like, I mean, uh, a simple answer to that would be, you know, I, I refer some of my guys to sports psychologists just to work on like, uh, depending on, on what their issue is. Well, it's, it's like, you know, it's not as taboo as it used to be anymore. So a lot of guys are doing that now and uh, it really helps some of them, you know, just refocus, um, like, you know, why am I playing this sport? Like, why am I, I putting in all these hours, you know? And, um, you know, like to what you said about their attitude and stuff, well, I think like finding good people to surround you is important. So like for us, it's like we do only personal training in the summer. So we're able to spend a lot of times, a lot of time with the, with the player and kind of talk to him. And some of the guys I've seen that have, you know, not so good attitudes and they train with me. Like I kind of talk to them all summer and be like, look, like, like maybe that was fine in Bantam, but uh, no one noticed or no, no one cared. But I think, you know, like now you're getting to midget, you're getting to junior, like people start talking and coaches talk and, you know, scouts talk to each other. And uh, even like one incident could, can set you back. Right. So I think uh, it's the kind of like carry yourself with more, uh, you know, just that, like be a better teammate, you know, be a better sport. And uh, like, I, like example, like I, I have one player that trains with me. He's a really fiery kid. And even in practice, he tends to get under people's skin. And uh, it's maybe it's caused a bit of problems in the past. And, and I kind of told him, like, look, you're allowed to go hard in practice. Maybe the veteran won't like it on the team, right? But maybe just give him a tap at the end and say, hey, man, thanks, thanks for going to the corner with me. You know, thanks for, thanks for competing with me. I know, I, I know I'm intense, but, like, you know, I don't mean it any, any harm to you. So because he was trying to – he was kind of getting into trouble, like, in practice. He would go really hard into the corner. Some of the – you know, some of the, the veterans didn't like that on the team because they, they didn't want to get risk getting injured, you know. And I think yeah. maybe just showing him that how another guy would perceive that and then uh, kind of teaching him how to how to uh, deal with the situation and kind of like how to talk it out with his teammates, I think is important. So 
there's always little things you can do, but I think, uh, you know, the, the main thing is having people around you, whether it's a sports psychologist, whether it's your trainer, whether it's a coach, somebody who can kind of guide you, uh, and lead you the right way and kind of, uh, tell you when, you know, you're doing well, but also tell you when you need to, you need to shape up. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great example. Just what you said there about like, you know, giving the guy a tap on the shin pads after and, you know, thanking him for going in and competing. Cause you're right. Like there's nothing wrong with going hard in practice. And that kid obviously is going to come out of that going, yeah, I'm just playing hard. That's what I'm supposed to do. But if it is being perceived the wrong way, it still can kind of make its way up the chain. So it's smart to kind of make sure that everybody, everybody's clear on your intentions when you're going, when you're playing like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like that a lot. So um, yeah, as far as, and then, yeah, we talked a little bit about the character issues as well. So when you're talking to coaches or, you know, people surrounding a player that you might be interested in, um, what kind of stuff are you talking to those coaches about? Like, is it just, you know, the work ethic of the player? Uh, is there a lot of talk to them about character and things like that? Like how do those conversations generally go? Yeah, it's funny because a lot of times when I talk to coaches, like we barely talk about the player's performance, you know, because I see the players so often that I don't really need the coach's feedback on, you know, how he's doing or how he's playing, you know? So what I like to ask is, is first of all, like, how does he practice? I think that's an important question to ask because, um, exactly what I was saying earlier. Well, I mean, if the guy's not working hard in practice, even if he is good at this moment, like it'll catch up to him later on. So I think uh, the coach has a good, a good idea of who's playing well in practice, who's performing practice, who's working, you know, who's doing the right things off ice. Um, another question I like to ask coach is uh, about leadership. So uh, that could be important too, if you're drafting a player. So is he a leader in the room? Does he get along with his, with his teammates? Does he cause any problems? Does he complain when his ice time is cut? Things like that. Um, and then another thing I, I would ask a coach is, is just general attitude of, of the player. Like, you know, is he, is he willing to make sacrifices? Uh, you know, um, is he a gamer? Like, does, does he like to play in the big games? Does he want to play in the big moments? Things like that. So those are all the, the things we call them like intangibles where, uh, it's very hard for someone to see just by coming to the rink. So you need to have some more like inside info for those things. That's why we try to keep in contact with the coaches as much as possible because they're the ones that are there firsthand during the practices and stuff. And sometimes we'll even talk to some, uh, you know, th their previous coaches, maybe like his, like if I'm watching a midget player, maybe I'll talk to his Bantam coach and say, hey, how was he in Bantam, you know? Um, but I think it, it's a super important part of the job where uh, you don't want to be drafting a player that has a lot of red flags around his attitude. Yeah, I mean, I think it's smart even like, you know, you were talking about uh, player progression being one of the big things you guys look for. So being able to talk to previous coaches and people who have known the kid maybe a few years back is a great idea too. Yeah. Yeah, and um, so from that, from that perspective as well, so if there's a kid right now that is maybe flying under the radar, hasn't really gotten the looks that, he's, that he wants from the uh, major junior leagues, but has the work ethic and really feels like, you know, this is what he wants his next step to be. What would you recommend that kid do, whether it be in practice, whether it be in training, whether it be in games, like if you're maybe not the highlight player, like the top skilled player, like what can those kids be doing to make sure that they're getting their looks and they are maybe getting their opportunities as well? Yeah, I think like a big thing is, is like the role of the player. So like what you're saying is like, you know, maybe a player who's like example, like a third line player. Well, yeah. You know, if you're on the third line and 
you want to maybe get more ice time or you want to get noticed, it's kind of like playing to your, to your strengths. So uh, normally if you're on a third or fourth line, maybe you're a bit less skilled than some other players. Maybe you're not as fast as some players. Um, so maybe like using your strengths to your advantage can help you kind of get noticed or you can open up space for your line mates on the ice. Like maybe be a bit more physical and go to the net, you know, do the things that maybe the skilled guys don't want to do as much. Uh, you know, block some shots, like be good on the, on the penalty kill, like things like that, that uh, are, are useful to junior teams if you're looking for, for guys like that. Like, you know, sometimes like when we're looking to, to add like maybe a 13th forward on our team or a 12th forward, like maybe a camp invite, well, these are the things that, that we're going to look for aside from, you know, like the obvious ones, like the character and the work ethic. Well, maybe like if you have a 13th forward on your team, you don't want him necessarily to be the most skilled guy because he'll be up playing on the fourth line, more of an energy type role, you know? So I think for a player, it's very important to kind of um, find a role on a team. Uh, and within that role, they might even end up getting more ice time because the coach can see the, the, the use in them and the value in their game, right? So he, maybe he'll, he'll switch them from the third to the first line and he'll put, them with two, put him with two more skilled guys to open up the space for them, you know? Um, you know, on the other hand, if you have a skilled guy that's maybe playing bottom six and wants to get, more notice it's kind of like just playing with more confidence you know like if you if you're if you're a skilled player like just show the coach that that you you can produce you know so it's it's easier said than done but starting to produce with a bit less ice time uh the coach will notice that and, and he'll he'll give you some more ice time you know because he'll say look like this third line is performing more than my second or my first line right um like i said it is easier said than done because sometimes the kids get discouraged with with less ice time but i think uh you know, just kind of having confidence in yourself and, and playing to your strengths is, is super important. Yeah, I think the playing to your strengths thing is massive because, you know, obviously pretty much every kid that's, you know, growing up with that path in mind, you know, they want to be, generally they want to be the skill guy. They want to be the guy going out scoring a hat trick that everybody's, you know, everybody's excited about. Yeah. But obviously not everybody can be that guy. Do you have any thoughts or any advice for those kids maybe on how to, kind of find that role and how to lean into that? Yeah, I think, I think it's kind of just like, uh, well, a lot of the kids now, they're, they're really smart and they, they understand like what their style is as a player. Some still don't at, at a certain age, but I think as they get older, they mature and they kind of get, get like, you know, okay, I'm, this is, this is my game. This is my, my, uh, you know, my style of play. And I think it's just kind of, uh, taking pride in that style, you know? So if, if you're example, if you're like a power forward guy, who's just more of like a, like a North South player and you know, you're, you'll drive the net. It's kind of taking pride in that. Or if you're on the PK, well take pride in, in being on that PK and, and, you know, uh, not allowing a goal from the, for the other team, you know? And, uh, I, I think, I think once they change their mindset and they realize like, look, maybe I'll never be that player that scores three, four goals a game. Uh, but I can find a good, um, uh, a good role for myself in another type of role. Well, I think it's about not uh, being resentful towards that role and taking pride in it, you know, like not kind of shrugging your shoulders and saying, you know, oh, I'm on, you know, I'm on the PK and not on the, on the PP, right. It's just uh, kind of be proud of being on the PK. And I think uh, you'll get rewarded with, you know, whether it's more ice time or, or just more responsibilities, you know? So I think uh, it, it is tough for a younger kid to kind of understand that. But, uh, you know, with my experience dealing with, with the guys in the gym and stuff, I think once they get older, they kind of realize that maybe uh, they realize what their strengths are and what, uh, what they're good at. And if not, well, have someone to tell you is, is important. Like, you know, like I'll, 
I'll tell them straight, you know, like, look, I've seen you play 20 times. Like you're never going to be, you know, Alex Ovechkin. So stop trying to take, you know, these shots from places you're not going to score and, and, you know, maybe try to just play better defensively or be more of a two-way guy or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And I think being able to surround yourself with, you know, just somebody like yourself where they, where you can tell them openly and say, look, I've watched you play. I know how this is. I know how this game yeah. works, you know, lean in, lean into a role here instead of what you're maybe thinking you're going to be, because it is yeah. obviously hard for kids to understand or for hard for kids to maybe accept at younger ages. But, you know, the earlier you're able to do that, the more success you're going to be able to have within that role. Cause the longer yeah. you're focused on being that player, that penalty kill player, or, you know, that more defensive minded player, instead of the guy who's trying to go out and score three, four goals and not succeeding with it. Yeah. They're not always easy conversations to have because a lot of the players like that are in triple A, let's say for example, if they're playing mid triple A, well, they've maybe they've been the best player on their team, like growing up in Adam and, and Pee Wee and Bantam, right? So, sometimes it's a shock to them that wait like I'm not the best player now this makes no sense you know so uh and it's a shock to the parents as well like I've had some of these conversations and it's not doesn't always go down easy because the parents too they they kind of see their kid as you know oh well like last year he scored you know like 40 goals and stuff and he's always been this type of player and sometimes they just don't want to hear it or they don't they don't want to see it um but I think once they do kind of accepted it, it makes the whole, the rest of the process a lot a lot better and, and it goes a lot more smoothly and they're actually able to to progress even better because because they've accepted uh the role yeah and uh so from the coach side because i know for sure having those having those discussions sometimes with athletes or with parents isn't always the easiest thing uh do you have anything that you've done or that you've found has kind of helped you through those conversations that's maybe made it a little easier to get your message across because I think sometimes it gets overlooked that, you know, us as coaches, we are here to help. If we're saying something to an athlete or a parent, yeah. it's not to put them down. It's not to be an asshole. It's yeah. help them. It's, you know, it's our opinion on what's going to actually be best for the player moving forward. Yeah, I think most of the time, uh, as long as it's coming from someone that has experience, then it's usually, uh, it's usually tolerated a lot better. And they kind of, you know, they're, they're like, well, look, you're you know, you work in hockey and you've been doing this for years. So I kind of like, I understand like you have a lot of experience. So they, they usually kind of accept it. It's just difficult at the beginning, but they, they understand that, you know, like I've seen, like and I watch a lot of hockey and, I, and I've seen a lot of things throughout the years where I'm able to say, well, you know, maybe uh, like I've seen other players in the past that have changed roles or haven't changed roles and I've seen what it's done. Right. So I'm able to, to pull out examples as well. And uh, I, I think just having someone with experience is, is the important part when uh, you're dealing with a conversation like that. Do you have uh, Do you have any exa any examples of those success stories? Maybe a kid who you know grew up as the all star, but then had to kind of make that transition and you know take on more of an energy energy kind of role. Um, like I've had a few a few kids that that uh, were really good young, and then they kind of like you know, they hit like a plateau and then they, they came train with us and, uh, you know, they, they ended up becoming more of like energy guys. And I like, I've had like one in particular that, that did really well in that role. And I've had other ones that maybe didn't accept it as much. And then they realized later and they said, Oh, like, you know, I, I know what you were saying now they got a bit older. So, um, you know, I think that it's like, 
it is hard to accept. And like, as being older, like you kind of, sometimes you don't appreciate, um, like maturity as much, but I think it, it is important to, to wait, you know, to a certain point, the kids mature and, uh, you know, telling a 14 year old, well, look, you're not going to score as many goals as you think. It's, it's like, it's not always an easy conversation. Um, but I mean, like I've, I've had, I've trained some kids that, that they, they've really accepted it. And they, the, the important thing is that they're trusting in, in like the process that we set out for them. So, uh, they know that like our job is to get them to the next level. So, uh, you know, why would I tell them something that, that wasn't true, right? Or why would I lie to them, right? So they, they kind of trust in, in us as as professionals and as, you know, as their trainer, as their nutritionist, as their their mentor, basically. And and I think uh, once you develop that trust with the athlete, that's when everything goes a lot more smoothly because he, he'll, he'll blindly, like, trust what you're saying and he won't question it as much. Uh, but like I said, it, it, it's always a bit tougher when they're, like, you know, 13, 14, maybe 15 to have those those types of conversations yeah absolutely there's no doubt about that um so i want to get into the work with triple threat hockey as well but uh just before we do is there any like do you have any names anybody uh anybody you want to shout out that maybe like was flying under the radar that you've scouted for the ramparts that uh that has maybe gone on to be successful at the next level now um like a few guys that uh that I scouted for the ramparts, like they don't, um, like they don't train with me in the summer, but they, the guys, like I, I drafted like one guy, um, in the ninth round, his name was, uh, Edouard Colnoyer. Uh, so like our staff like really liked him and he was playing at a high school. So it was a kind of a high school league where, um, you know, it was, uh, not as, not as known, like not as scouted, the caliber wasn't as good. So not many scouts would, would, would kind of like, uh, would, would go to these games. Right. And, and I remember seeing him and, I think he was also like a football player or a baseball player at the same time. Like one of the two, like he was doing multiple sports and stuff. And, and I saw him playing and then I, like I told my head scout about him and then we, we went to see him and then a few of the other scouts of our staff went to see him and we all really liked him, you know, and then uh, come the draft. Well, like, I think it was as of like the fifth or the sixth round, I was telling my boss like, Hey, like let's draft him, you know? And then he's like, okay, wait, like next round. And then the seventh round came and I'm like, Hey, let's draft the, uh, let's draft Cornwall, you know? And he's like, okay, next, like, you know, next round, then like finally the ninth round, he's like, okay, Nick, we're going to like, we're going to draft your guy, you know? So, uh, we drafted in the ninth round, which is, you know, like there's 14 rounds and anywhere after third or fourth round, it's, it's rare the, the guys end up, end up actually playing for the team, you know? So he's, uh, he's playing with, like, with the Ramparts right now. He played last year and he'll, he'll play again uh, this year. So he's like, he's 18 right now. So he's got another few years, but uh, that was like a good, uh, that was a good ninth round pick for us. That was like really uh, under the radar pick. That's awesome, man. It's always good when you see those success stories, like, you know, the kids who work hard, maybe don't get the looks right away, but then they are able to break through and kind of make it on to the next level too. Yeah. Like same thing. Like, as we were saying before, with talking to their coaches, like I would talk to his coach and he would tell me like he was playing multiple sports. He was playing, even in hockey, he was playing forward. He was playing defense. So you kind of saw the potential as like, not just a hockey player, but he was an athlete. You know what I mean? So like, as soon as he was going to put his mind to like, okay, like I'm going to play defense and I'm going to put all my mind, uh, all my effort into hockey. Well, that's where we predicted where, uh, you know, like this can be a good, a good kid to draft, like in a later round, you know, that, that has a lot of potential, but maybe like, hasn't been as uh, focused as much on, on, uh, you know, perfecting his craft and, and playing, you know, a certain, uh, like a specific position and, and learning how to really play, uh, 
play the right way. So I think uh, like it's also looking at the athlete as a whole and, and the potential. And like that's where scouting becomes so, so hard because you're, you're talking about 15-year-old kids, right? And like anything can happen from 15 to 16 or to 17, right? Like, you know, sometimes like, oh, like the kid gets a girlfriend and he's not focused anymore and, and it's done, right? So in our, uh, in our industry, like as a scout, there's so many mistakes to be made and it's so... Uh, it's so hard to predict because like it, they're just so young at that point and, and they're, they're, you know, they're going through puberty and their, their lives can change. Like at any point, like some guys, like they get more serious, some guys, they lose focus. So uh, I think when we're, we're looking at the potential of a player, it's just looking like, does he have the qualities we're looking for? And then it's kind of taking a, taking a good, a good uh, guess on him. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's something that, you know, in any industry, you can never expect to be perfect all the time, right? Just as, just as an athlete, like you can never expect that you're just going to float through with no adversity and be perfect. And every choice you make is going to be the right one. Um, yeah, exactly. You, you make the best choices with the information you've got. And I think when you're looking at yeah. the qualities, you know, the character, the leadership abilities, those kinds of things, that's when you tend to be right probably more often than you're wrong. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. The thing like with a draft is kind of like, you know, getting later in the rounds, most of those guys that, that we really like, they're, they're probably gone at that point. Right. So it's kind of like taking chances on, on maybe like a hunch you have, or maybe like a good conversation you've had with a coach about a player. Uh, those are the types of players you're, you're going to get in like the later rounds, but it's always fun to see like if one of those guys ends up developing, you know? Yeah, of course. Well, I think it's, uh, you know, and I think a big thing that athletes can often overlook is like, you know, if you are one of those guys in the later rounds, well, who you are as a person and what kind of like how you carry yourself as a person is going to be a big part of that team wanting to take a chance on you. Because if you're a good yeah. guy, they know you work hard, your coaches all love you. Everything you do shows that you have the potential to play at a higher yeah. level, but you maybe just don't have the skill. Well, the coaches on a junior team can help you with the skill. They can help you with the stuff on the ice. But those intangibles are going to be the ones that you know, they don't want to take a chance on a guy who's not that skilled and not that good of a guy, right? Yeah, 100%. So, like, exactly to your point, I've seen a lot of guys improve their, like, their on-ice abilities, but I've rarely seen uh, many guys, like, improve their, their work ethic or their character. It's kind of something that it is hard to work on because, like, you kind of have it or you don't, like, I'm sure you remember from when you were playing too, like the lazy player on the team at the beginning of the season was probably the, the same lazy player he was at the end of the season, right? So yeah, it, it's hard to like take those bad habits out of a player, you know? So um, like the ones that have it, it's, it's obviously like uh, they're the players that we'd like to take more of a chance on for sure. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. And it's like, do you think that is something though, like uh, with those lazy guys, like do you think that is something that we as coaches can kind of help turn around in a player? And, like, what do you think we can do to kind of maybe help wake those guys up and make them realize, hey, you might be you might be able to get away with being lazy and bantam or lazy and midget, but if you want to move on, if you want your career to continue, this isn't going to fly when we're moving up levels. I think it's something that, that can be, uh, be helped or, or, you know, improved. Um, I think for those types of players, though, they'll, 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 it'll never come easy to them, you know? Like, yeah. Like if, if you were like your whole life, if you were a guy that didn't work that hard, it's hard to, to switch on and become the guy that's like the best work ethic in the team. But I think what these guys can do is, is just uh, continue working every day, working every day. It'll, it'll, it won't come natural, but pushing themselves and then at least being, uh, you know, at the right level they need to be 
of work ethic for, for whatever category they're playing, you know? And I think as a coach, like we can help those guys and just, you know, show them how like, look, you're, you're not doing enough right now. Like you're, you're not, like, you're not sleeping enough. Like you're not eating well enough. You're not training well enough. Like you're not pushing in the gym. You're not pushing at your practice. Like you need to be better, you know? So it's showing them how like, look, maybe I don't expect you to be the best guy in your team for work ethic. Cause it was never really natural to you, but, but at least getting to the average level of, of work ethic and, and, you know, just like, if you're skilled, I mean, it'll, it'll help, right. If, like if you're a good player already, but, uh, oftentimes like the good players, their, their work ethic is below average. Right. So, um, but yes, I do think that like, it can be helped. I just personally, I, I don't think it, it could, it can be like a real 360, you know, like where, or you have someone that's been really lazy and then all of a sudden is like the hardest worker on the team. Like, yeah, that's yeah. a bit, uh, you know, it's a bit of a stretch, but it definitely can be helped. Oh, exactly. Like nothing's impossible, but I get what you're saying for sure. It's if, uh, if you've got a naturally lazy player, you know, we can help keep them accountable. We can make sure they're showing up for their workouts yeah. and all that, but it is going to be a little bit tougher to really show them the value and show them the importance of, Hey, you know, it's not just what you do on the ice that's important when you move up to the higher levels. Yeah, and I think that's like something that we do with triple threat hockey really well is uh, like we work a lot on their confidence as well. And like because we do private training, like I don't know if you know, like a lot of the hockey trainings like that go on or why well, anyways in Quebec, at least there are a lot of like group style training. So uh, it will be like one trainer with like maybe six to eight players, you know, and and that obviously leaves them more time to kind of fool around like they're with their teammates and like they're like it's summer for them you know they're joking they're they're maybe not as serious but like with what we do it, it's uh it's all private sessions so um the player kind of has like no choice but to but to be on the ball and to be uh you know focused and he has no one really to fool around with and the the, the trainings are really like uh you know they're made for him and and then if it's a player that i feel is not maybe hasn't worked as hard enough or hasn't worked as hard as he should have, then I'll use that as a message to him during, during his workouts. But I think like the, for a player like that, especially like being in a group style training, um, training session is, is an ideal. Yeah. I think that's, uh, that's a really good point. And I actually want to move into talking a little more about triple threat hockey. So can you sort of tell me, you know, where did the idea for the company come from and uh, how have you guys kind of grown that over the past few years? Yeah, so I mean, uh, during, uh, during my time at Bishops, I was, uh, you know, I was really into nutrition and stuff and I, I would be training a lot and I had a lot of clients that I would do uh, meal plans for, like personalized meal plans. Um, and it was going really well and I had a lot of like, that was kind of like my side job at school and I would do like, uh, even like online programs for some people and I was really getting into the whole nutrition thing. Um, and, uh, after school, I got certified as, uh, as CSCS, so, uh, strength and conditioning coach. Um, and then I met, uh, well, my partner, uh, Rick at triple threat hockey, like we went to high school together. So I knew that he was like, he was going really like far in his training. He was like studying with some of the, the top trainers and stuff. And he was like, he has like, I don't know, like 20, 25 certifications. Like a lot of them are right behind me. So like I'm in the right now so these are the you know so rick is 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 really good at, at what he does like he's a full-time like strength coach um so and then i started scouting at the same time and then i would talk to some parents i'll talk to some some people in the rings and it's like hey like what are these guys doing for for their you know for their training or for their 
like their, their nutrition and stuff like that. And, and I just really wasn't liking the answers I was getting, you know, it was like, I found the, the, the training was, was subpar, a lot of group training, like a lot of stuff that I wouldn't do with a hockey player from, from what I've learned and speaking with, with my partner, Rick, like he was really, he was like adamant that like he was against a lot of the stuff that they were doing. Um, like, you know, like the, the training periodization wasn't, wasn't done as well. Um, and I would notice just scouting that a lot of the players, they, they weren't, I didn't see them progress enough year to year, you know, like the good players at 13 were still the good players at 15 and the guys who weren't as good at that age, they still weren't as good. So I found like, you know, I, I saw a kind of a, uh, not, I wouldn't say an issue, but I saw like an opening there in the market where I like, you know what, like, I think I can start something with my background in training and, and nutrition and my partner is like even better background in training and stuff and and we spoke about it and uh like like initially my dad actually gave me the idea he's like hey like why don't you train these kids you know and like it was just like talking like that but then I got to thinking I'm like you know what like I think like personal training for hockey players is something that really that really should be done and I I know a lot of um you know a lot of NHL players for sure have personal trainers and even junior major but I found it kind of odd that you know for players that wanted to get to that level they didn't have a personal trainer yeah. But once they would make it, then they would get one. So I kind I thought it was kind of backwards where like, okay, well, if you want to go to that level, I think that's when you should get a personal trainer. And maybe when you're older, that's when, okay, you, you'll have had a personal trainer since you're 14 and you'll know what you're doing. So once you're a bit older, like, you know, you'll be able to kind of go on your own a bit more. Yeah, for sure. Maybe follow up with a, with a strength coach, but maybe you like, you'll, you'll be able to kind of do your trainings a bit more, a bit more solo. Right. So I kind of, uh, I saw that and I said, you know what, like, I think for a lot of these Bantam guys or these peewee guys or these midget guys that are trying to, trying to get to the next level, trying to step up their game. I think the personal training aspect plus like the meal plan or, or the, the nutrition program that I can provide, I think it will give them a significant edge over their, uh, over their, their, their teammates or guys that they're competing with. Right. And, you know, I was right. So now it's been about six years that, that we've had a triple threat up and running and, uh, it's going really well. Like I've had a lot of guys that, that were not even playing triple A that ended up playing junior major. Um, like I've had guys go from double A to triple A. I've had guys, uh, you know, that, that were never supposed to even be drafted. They got drafted. Like, you know, so it's been really significant in terms of the, the, the progress we've seen and the guys who have really like committed to our program. Like it's, it's, uh, really, uh, you know, it's, it's really, uh, immense changes in the, in their, number one in their strength and their power and their performance on the ice. Like they've been, they're eating well. Like we're, we're obviously like we're following up with their sleep. So it's like, cause the athlete is with us alone. Like we're two trainers and we're able to kind of give him like a really, uh, well, uh, you know, a, a really good surrounding of, of, um, resources that he can use, like, like where he can ask us questions like, Hey, like what should I eat you know, before training, after a workout, like before a game, before a practice, like, uh, how should I be eating on my off days? Like how, uh, what, what time should I go to bed? Like things like that, you know? So how should I organize my, my schedule where I have like this many tra uh, training sessions and this many practices on the ice? Like how should I, should I organize it? Right. So I think that there was a lot of knowledge that was lacking in with, uh, you know, in general with minor hockey, like, especially the, the elite players. I said, well, look, you're an elite athlete. You should be training like an elite athlete. You should be sleeping like one, you should be eating like one. Right. So that's why like, we do what we do because 
I really saw that that issue in in hockey and minor hockey and I mean I don't know if it's the same out in uh out in Alberta but I mean in Quebec I, I found that the group training just wasn't cutting it you know so yeah that's why uh we started this and it's it's going really well yeah man I couldn't agree more I think it's something that like because we do see a lot of that out here too where it's just sort of you know, the whole group comes in and then somebody writes something up on the whiteboard and says, Hey, this is what you guys are doing today. And like, yeah. you know, sure. You're still getting to work out. You're leaving, you're getting a little bit stronger, maybe getting a little bit faster. Like there are, you know, there are some advancements yeah. happening, but it's like, it's so crucial to remember that every athlete's different. Everybody needs something different. And there are just, there are minor tweaks and minor things you can do to change for, you know, athlete A versus athlete B that are yeah. going enormous differences for these kids as they're moving up to higher levels yeah and not only that i mean the the players like like you mentioned like they're, they're all different right every athlete is different but they also play different positions like you know i have one the kids the same age one guy's six two one guy's five foot eight like <laughs> one guy weighs 140 one guy weighs 205 like they need they need different things you know so it would be uh it would be a real shame to have those guys train together right because maybe it would work for one of them, but not for the other. Or like you said, you might see minor improvements, right? For sure. Cause I mean, any type of training you're doing, if you're putting in the effort, you'll see some results. You go but from I think, to something, then it's going to make a difference, but how much more of a difference could we be making? Right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and I mean, uh, to our point before about like, you know, the, 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 the character of the kid, the confidence. Well, I think each kid is different in that aspect as well. So how am I going to like, um, tailor my training or my approach to athlete a compared to athlete b you know what i mean so if athlete a is a really self-driven motivated uh player i might kind of take a step back you know do his workout with him and he knows what he's doing and i won't push too much because i know that he, he's pushing himself really hard and he's hard on himself so i want to be that source of you know uh that source of knowledge for him but uh also that source of like have that trust uh between us uh, and not kind of be the, that annoying trainer who's kind of like just always yelling at him. But I might have another athlete where he's zero motivated himself and I need to kind of push him every session and I need to continuously talk to him and kind of continuously motivate him. And, and uh, some guys that work, some guys that doesn't, right? So that, that's also where the, the personal aspect comes in. And, um, and lastly, I mean, I see them on the ice as well. So once I see them on the ice, I'm also able to tailor their program to, uh, to their style of play. So I'll communicate that with my, my partner, Rick, he's the one who, who uh, makes all the programs for, for our athletes. So Rick will do an evaluation in the gym of their, you know, their physical attributes. And I will kind of communicate to him like what I saw on the ice. So like player A needs to improve his explosiveness, player, player B, uh, needs to work on agility, like player C, uh, needs to work on his upper body strength, things like that. So will uh, directly like incorporate their weaknesses into their programs. I love it, man. I think you've got a really good, a really sort of unique, uh, unique business there just in the way that you've got the experience with the, the experience as a scout. So, you know, in depth watching the performance on the ice and then to have that plus the nutrition, plus the strength and conditioning yeah. all combined under one roof. I think uh, we're going to see an explosion of talent coming out of Laval over the next few years. Yeah, hopefully we'll see. That's awesome, man. And uh, so with your partner now, like you guys have been running this, you said for six years? Yeah. Okay. So uh, what would you say is the coaching philosophy that you guys bring, if you could sum it up uh, to each individual athlete to make sure that, you know, as time goes on, as the business grows, kids are still getting that individual 
that individuality that you that you're striving to bring yeah well i mean we also we, we cap off the number of players we'll take every summer just because okay. we really want to maintain that uh that personalized approach so we really want to like we don't want to lose the quality of our of our training so uh we'll, we'll take a maximum about 40 uh hockey players per summer um and then of course with uh like our philosophy is that each player needs to be one-on-one -on -one with a trainer at all times so that's really important to us so like i'm on the i'm on the, the floor rick's on the floor and then i have we have one other guy that helps us uh, uh his name is uh jean sebastien he's one of our other trainers so we're three guys and if there's three athletes in the gym we're all three of us with uh with an athlete you know um we try not to overload our schedules like, too too much because like i said we want to maintain the quality and also like we have like programs to make and i mean you know how it can take time like building a program for an athlete and stuff and then i also do like the the, the nutrition plans as well which takes time so uh and then i want to have time to properly explain to the athlete i don't want to be like rushing the session too much so uh, i think overall our, our our goal is to is to really like uh, properly like educate and train and surround the athlete so that he leaves he leaves our gym feeling like you know he's learned a lot and and he's motivated for his next his next session you know so uh so i think that's basically our coaching philosophy and it's like just making every program tailor-made to the uh to the athlete that's the most important thing of course man i think that's like i obviously i know i know how it is as far as the building programs and stuff like that like uh you know, there almost seems to be a weird feeling in the strength and conditioning industry that if you're not in the gym, you know, 12 hours a day, beating your body down to a pulp, then, you know, you're not working hard enough. But uh, there's such an overlooked part of just like what you were saying, you know, making sure that every athlete is getting the quality that you know you can bring. Yeah. And if you're going to bring that quality and you're really going to put yourself as a coach above, above and beyond the rest of the pack, you know, be, by being in the gym for too many hours you're taking away that quality because there's only so much your body can do and only so much you can handle as a coach before the quality starts to diminish as well so i really like that you guys yeah. have kind of limited it and personalized it in the way you have because i think that's really gonna you're really gonna see the results in your athletes year after year yeah and, and what's cool about that is also because because we have like a cap on num number of players we can take um i also like i i hand pick the players that, I, that come train with us so uh the way it works is like let's say i see a player with with potential like i'll approach that player and be like hey look this is like i, I like your game like i think you know i think you have potential like this is uh what uh you know we offer at triple threat like if you're interested if you want to get like a personal training a strength coach like come see us and and I'll, I'll invite players that way so it's not actually not open to anyone because we have uh so limited uh you know manpower and, and time um and that we want to be one-on-one -on -one. so like it's it would have been easy if i did groups right i could have had six guys in at, at, at a time and every hour have another six come in right but that wasn't what we wanted to do so uh this way i'm able to also get like quality quality athletes that i actually want to work with and that i know have the work ethic that will match like our our work ethic as a company so I think it's uh like it's a win-win situation for for everyone. Yeah, man, I couldn't agree more. I'm excited to see these guys start to surge out of Laval over the next few years and start taking over the <laughs> NHL. Um, so if there's any kids right now that maybe uh, you know, if they're either if they're not in Laval so they don't have access to coming in and joining your summer programs or, you know, 
for whatever reason, financially or schedule wise, they just don't have the resources to be able to take on something so full time and so individual. Do you have any advice as to, you know, what they can do themselves or what they can talk to a personal trainer that they're using or a coach that they're using about to make sure that they're getting as close to that individual personalized program as uh, you guys are able to bring to all of your athletes? Yeah, I think like it's kind of, what I mentioned earlier is just finding someone that, uh, th that you can work well with. And I think it's hard because sometimes uh, a lot of the coaches or the strength coaches, they're really busy. And I know like a lot of the, the higher or the, the better ones I would say, are the more known ones rather like uh, they, they're busy with like, you know, maybe NHL guys or, or AHL guys or, or junior major guys. But I think, uh, you know, I think first of all, like finding a personal trainer is to me would be number one because if you're not, let's say the best player of your age group or something like to catch up to the guys that are ahead of you, you got to do something different than them. Right. So I think maybe even just, you know, getting, you know, getting a nutritionist, like getting somebody who knows what they're doing. And, uh, obviously I, I don't know, like out there, how many, you know, strength coaches there are for, for hockey and stuff. But I think, uh, there are some good ones maybe that, that are maybe a bit less known and maybe they have more time for you, you know? So I think that could be, uh, a good start is finding someone who's going to be there to, to push you. And, um, you know, like I, I do know there are some good strength coaches out there that are maybe, like I said, they're a bit less known. Right. So I think it's not always about going to that big name company or that big name uh, trainer, cause he might have less time for you. Right. So I think maybe find someone that you think is a good fit with your character and with like, um, with your goals and then, uh, go from there and kind of see if, sorry, if that person can, can help you out with your, uh, with your goals and, and your training. And like I said, there are other things you can do, like, you know, nutritionists, you can work on your speed habits. You can kind of like limit your, your, you know, your, your going out or you're hanging out with friends a bit, you know, I know it sounds a bit, you know, extreme, but yeah, uh, you got, you got to make those sacrifices sometimes if you want to like, if you want to get the results, you know? So, uh, and of course there are a lot of resources online that, that you can use and, and a lot of, uh, you know, I think just going on YouTube and typing exercise is not really the way to go because it might not be specific to you or to hockey uh, or to your sport. Um, so I think maybe like, uh, you know, doing a, a solid like Google search of maybe like a hockey program that kind of, uh, you know, they, uh, they specialize in hockey specifically and maybe they can, they have programs available and stuff and, there's a lot of resources out there so i think just maybe being more proactive and going and find something that that's good for you rather than uh just going to like the you know the main trainer in your area and being like hey can you train like me and five of my buddies you know yeah well i mean i think that's a that's a huge one i'm really glad you said that not just sort of going to you know the big name like if there's a big hockey trainer in the area that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get the best product because if they've got a room full of nhl guys and ahl guys well, then, you know, are they putting the same attention into their Bantam and Midget programs as they are into those NHL and AHL programs? Maybe, but also maybe not, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, we have a guy uh, not far from us, because our gym is actually based in, in Rosemere, and, um, like, which is a bit north of Laval, and, and we have uh, Stéphane Zubé, who he actually used to train uh, NHL players, and he's in uh, Boisbriand, which is, like, maybe 10 minutes away from us. 
and uh like he like they're huge like they have like a lot of guys going to them and they have like a lot of nhl guys ahl guys like junior major like midget and bantam so sometimes like when i'm trying to get a specific player to come train with us uh and he already trains there uh, um it's tough because that's a big name kind of training right but uh when i've had guys that have switched and come with us they, they said like wow like i wish i would have done this like years ago like over there i was in a group of six and uh that Stefan Zubay like doesn't really have time for for all of the athletes there's like hundreds of hundreds of guys that are training there right so he has kind of guys working for him and you know they're dealing with six players at once so it's a bit less personalized and you know the, the players feel a bit uh how can I say like they feel a bit less important or less valued as a as a customer you know as, as a as an athlete too so I think uh like that's a good example of, of like you know my personal thing where i mean i'm right near a, a top trainer and, and he's he's great like he's a really good trainer he's super well known like i think he worked for the penguins and he worked for the, the canadians as well um but like like we were saying before i mean if you're super busy you don't have time for for everyone right so i think uh like the players that we've had that made the switch they really saw that difference and you know like I'm talking to them about their nutrition, about their sleep. Like I'm really like invested in their success. Whereas maybe elsewhere it's a bit too big and they're just another, another number there. Yeah. I mean, I really like that. I think it is, you know, and again, to make sure that we're, we're like reiterating that is like, it doesn't mean that these big guys aren't good at what they do or aren't, you know, like aren't yeah they aren't good at what they do that's not at all what I feel you're saying or what I'm trying to say but I do agree that it's like when you have those hundreds of athletes walking in and out of the door every day well there is going to be a lot less time to be personal with each one and make sure everyone yeah. feels that they're getting the value that they're paying for yeah exactly awesome man well I really appreciate you taking the time uh taking the time today and coming on the show like there's been so much good information for hockey players out there and uh Man, I love what you guys are doing with Triple Threat. It seems like you've got a really good thing going. And as I said, I'm excited to see the surge of uh, the surge of Laval hockey players coming out of coming out of your gym over the next few years. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. And uh, thanks for having me on the show. We'll uh, hopefully we can do it again. Uh, do it again soon. Absolutely, man. Have a great day, and thanks again. All right. Thanks. Have a good one.